0: From the dark web to your radio dial,
1: you are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. Uh, I'm joined this week by Jonathan Watwitz, the executive director of Bunker Labs. Uh, We'll let him uh, tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, The overall uh, topic for this week is empowering military veterans as leaders in innovation. Uh, So, if you're uh, listening out there, you happen to be in the 24th or 25th, you uh, are thinking about uh, heading uh, out to the private sector to uh, get involved in a cybersecurity company, uh, start your own cybersecurity company, Uh, you're going to learn quite a bit during this program about uh, veteran entrepreneurship and programs that are out there to support you uh, in the San Antonio, Austin area, and uh, even nationwide. Uh, Thank you for joining us this week, Jonathan, and uh, can you go ahead and... uh, Share with the audience a little bit about your background, and how did you end up starting this thing called Bunker Labs here in San Antonio and Austin?
0: Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having us. A uh, little bit of background, I was—I call myself a Texan. I've lived in Houston, Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio, but uh, as it pertains to the military, transitioned out of the Marine Corps here at Fort Sam Houston in 2005, and um, didn't follow the typical TAP program or the Transition Assistance Program advice, which was to get on unemployment and then to find a JLB but rather to find a mentor because I knew I wanted to get into business. And then from that journey in 2013, 2014, I started helping military veterans start their own companies based on the thousands of hours I'd spent with mentors and learning and growing. And uh, that journey led me to a guy named Blake Hogan and then Joseph Kopser. And then my wife Sabrina and I all got together in September, 2014 to talk about how do we help others in inside of our city? We were living in Austin at the time There's another veteran, Todd Connor, who we connected with that day, who wanted to do something like this in Chicago and already started efforts locally called Bunker Incubator. And so we started down that journey in Austin to expand, but not to do an incubator, but rather to aggregate the great resources and plug them in to those locally.
1: Excellent. So uh, you talk about uh, that transition plan and the the transition plan is to really uh, go out and not really have a plan it sounds like it was the you you get that uh your hopefully uh your good honorable discharge paperwork you walk off base um not in a uniform for the the first time in years and uh then you're you got to just go figure it all out from there um so you you've got veterans coming out um straight out you guys have programs it sounds like um if they've got an idea on a business they want to start and this could be we're talking cyber talk radio here but it doesn't have to be cyber to be bunker labs correct
0: that is correct. And our, our goal is to plug them into the right resources in each of those cities. So now that we're in 15, it is to inspire, educate, connect them locally in a thriving local community, but nationally connected. So I think that's one thing that, that has really helped us formulate the plan, but also to make an impact larger.
1: Yeah. And as uh, I was doing some background preparation uh, for the program this week, uh, it, in the history perspective of this, after World War II, veterans were much more likely to start a business um, than they are these days. And you talked through uh, some of like how did that happen? What What's the evolution that led us to where we're at that created this real need for uh, Bunker Labs?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's definitely our why we're doing what we're doing. Post-World War II, 49% of returning veterans came home and started companies. The number today for post-911 veterans is about 4.5%. And so there's a big gap. Meanwhile, about 25% say they want to start a company, but they lack the required network typically to do that. And uh, also the resources. There are a lot of resources. It's a matter of aggregating them and plugging them into the right resource that they need at the right time.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, uh, we like 10x in the the tech world, but that's 10x in the wrong direction. Uh, Is there a a couple of key uh, factors that have led to that decline over time?
0: I think there are, but I I think that the biggest one looking at, now we have less than 1% serving in the military, whereas before, 40% of people were directly connected to the military in post-World War II. Okay. So that number in itself is also declining for those that actually raised their right hand. Yeah. Um, The other, I want to make sure I mentioned at the onset, those that we do also support are those military spouses. So we're so happy to be in military USA for those that are also serving alongside their significant other.
1: Yeah, is there, those, those are the, uh, the, the shadow enlisted. Uh, if you're the spouse of uh, an enlisted member, you're moving around the country just like they are. Um, you're experiencing all the same um, challenges uh, that they go through on the enlisted side in serving your country. Um, you're not directly putting your life in uh, harm's way, uh, but all the rest of the things that make military life unique Special, but then also challenging. Uh, impact those military spouses.
0: It definitely is, and then uh, right now in the U.S. is over six hundred thousand military spouses also serving. But with that, ninety percent of them polled by an institute called IVMF at the Syracuse University said they were underemployed or unemployed. Ninety percent.
1: Yeah, and it's one. It's not like, I even mean, it that you get uh, deployed to a location. Um, you're going to be there for a couple of years. The one that's enlisted, the day they show up, they have a job. You have to go find one. You've got to be able to work within the schedule. You've got to be able to deal with the fact your schedule may be different if they're on or off deployment. So it makes it very difficult for a military spouse to get employed by a, quote, traditional company.
0: It is extraordinarily difficult, but we think that they're the right people that companies want to hire to do something innovative, but also those that make a right fit to start their own company. And the last subset, I'll say, that we target... That sometimes doesn't get the uh, the the right attention is those reserve and guard members. So here in the U.S., we have were eight hundred and eighteen thousand. Happy to have a lot of those here in Central Texas, and South Texas, as well serving. And so we think they we know that they make a great population of men and women who want to start companies, who want to do something different, and not just have a job.
1: Yeah, and so the Bunker Labs programs are available to reservists and enlisted families, enlisted folks that are looking to figure out what to do when they get out, um, and then retired uh, folks that from the military, but they're looking to start the next thing. It's uh, funny as you you talk retired from the military, a lot of folks, even if you serve a a full 20, you're getting out in your late 30s, early 40s, and most of the folks that I know there are not really ready just to uh, put their feet up on a lawn chair and uh, really retire at that point in time. They're looking to start the next mission.
0: Correct. I don't know any, any military veterans who did that after serving just 20 years. Uh, in fact, our co-founder, Joseph Copser right out of Austin, exactly did that. Um, retired after 20 years in the Army. Uh, literally was told to pack it up, go to the house. And uh, he did different. And thankfully he did. Him and another Army veteran, Craig Cummings, started a company called Ride Scout. Uh, Ride Scout got acquired about two years ago by Mercedes-Benz. They were able to help create over 50 jobs in the local community. Uh, but more importantly, they've helped now hundreds and hundreds of other veterans start and grow their businesses.
1: Yeah. So uh, if I'm, I'm out there listening now, we've shared a, an overview and background of Bunker Labs. And if you missed the start of the program, uh, you can catch the rebroadcast of this on Tuesday. It'll go uh, up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. So if you, you uh, are, have been listening and now you're saying, man, this Bunker lab stuff is for me. so. Uh, what are uh, some of the programs that you have and how does someone reach out to, to you to get some of these assistance that you guys offer?
0: Well, first, definitely check out our website, bunkerlabs.org. Um, and if you want to go local, you can either click on the city's page and go down to San Antonio or you can go to bunkerlabs.org, forward slash San Antonio. But from there, on the programmatic side, what we, what we offer is a four-stage model of impact. And so the first one would be we have a resource called Bunker in a Box. And so that can be found at bunkerinabox.org. And that's an online platform to help walk you through entrepreneurship and innovation. We have 14 different entrepreneur competency building measures, but also challenges. And so we've we've gamified it per se, uh, but it's it's a self-paced program that aggregates a lot of different resources into, into one spot. So we haven't developed all the content, but rather we've made it a one-stop shop for that uh, the spark to ignite.
1: The fire. Yeah. And the bunker in a box sounds like something that could be available to somebody anywhere they are in the world.
0: Absolutely. You have to have Internet. But other than that, there's no there's no requirements. OK,
1: so if you're listening out there on iHeartRadio, if you're uh, picking up the rebroadcast of this on uh, iTunes or Pocket Cast or our YouTube channel, uh, you don't have to necessarily be in San Antonio, Austin or any of the other 15 cities uh, bunker labs is in today. Um, you can bunker in a box from anywhere and uh, get that business started.
0: Correct. And then another resource we have locally is we do a Bunker Brews in some of those cities. And so the Bunker Brews is meant to build your network, which once again, we think is the biggest gap for those starting companies and doing something innovative. Um, the Bunker Brews here in San Antonio was the first Thursday of the month done typically about uh, five o'clock to seven o'clock at Geekdom on the seventh floor. Sometimes we use the event space. We're so gracious that they they host us and. Um, the third resource that we that we run through and, and participate in other cities that we'll be launching this year in San Antonio is a program we call EPIC. EPIC stands for Entrepreneur Program for Innovation and Collaboration. And uh, that's a 10 to 14 week program, depending on bringing in local experts. We meet once per week in the evening. We're running that program right now in Austin. We're in week five. It runs six o'clock to nine o'clock. And so that way, those that do have a full-time career, those that aren't able to to go through an immersive program um, that others offer, whether it's RealCo or BuildTech Foundry, it's another resource that they have that they can provide and support for. And then the last pillar of support and curriculum that we offer is a program we call CEO Circle. And so we've recently kicked that off in Austin, Texas, with the CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz. Um, That is meant for those post-revenue companies that have five employees or more, those companies that are either doing a million in revenue or the last requirement is they've uh, raised 250000 So they have to meet one of those requirements to be part of that further growth program. Um, and then each quarter we meet in Austin to bring in those those CEOs, co-founders of, of successful companies to give back and mentor one-on-one with those companies. Uh, we anticipate launching that in the next year here in San Antonio.
1: So as uh, you're, you're going through as well there, that last program that you mentioned uh If you have already started a business and you've kind of hit a plateau uh, and you uh, have done all the things that you know how to do to grow the business and you're looking to expand your network or get that mentorship to be able to take things to the the next level, um, whatever it is, whatever obstacle you're running into, you guys have programs all the way up through uh, to that point as well.
0: We do. And I'll, I'll say at its core what we are is we're an entrepreneurship and innovation support community. And then from that, the five pillars of support, I'll run through them real quick, but it's community and connections. Number two is customers, helping get the first customer, get them more customers. Thirdly, it's capital, introductions to those who can provide capital. We are a nonprofit. We won't provide the capital, but those who can. Next one real quick, in no particular order of importance is curriculum. And then the last one is coaching or mentorship. And so what we do though, is we try to provide those opportunities with those local leaders inside the community.
1: So as you go through all those uh, five areas, and you've you've expanded out now to 15 different cities, uh, do you guys have any stats about the number of folks that have kind of started or been through some of these programs that you want to share on the air here?
0: Absolutely. We're very excited. We have amazing leaders and co-founders in 15 of those cities who've helped us grow and expand. And our reach in the last two years has been over 400 companies that we've directly impacted and helped. Uh, We've helped them Raise over 25 million dollars um the revenues over the last two years have been grossed over 40 million but to be clear we don't take credit for that that's all on them um but definitely we're very proud of the the time and effort but more importantly the re- the re- results that they've uh, accomplished
1: yeah no i mean that's a huge and it's, it's you guys started back in 2014 which may feel like a, quite a while ago for you but uh it's just a little bit over one deployment
0: no, it is, and uh, we know when those are getting out, whether it's 20 years or whether it's a few years or 30 years, uh, most of our men and women are looking for their next mission, and so for us, this was that um, we saw very inspirational things happening like Team Red, White, and Blue, Mission Continues, Team Rubicon, and many of their great organizations, and for us, it was almost a challenge of what do we do? What do we do to continue to serve, and what's our next mission? And for, for us, what we knew was not nonprofit world, but rather, it was entrepreneurship and innovation.
1: Yeah. So, as, as you mentioned, you're a, a nonprofit. Uh, and so, you guys have a number of uh, different types of partners inside of your ecosystem. So, the government agencies, uh, how do some of those programs tie in, and who do you work with there?
0: On well, the government agency side, uh, there, there are programs like Boots to Business run here in Texas, there are the, the TAP resources. We have not, we don't have formal partnerships with any of them yet, we'd like to. But the reality is is that uh, we've ran fast, we've ran hard, and so we've gone where the past at least resistance has, has been, and it hasn't been working with the government agencies.
1: So if you're out there in one of those agencies listening, uh, you guys can make things easier and uh, the, they will answer the phone, but uh, it's one that's like, well, with my business, we don't do um, sales to the federal government, it's too complicated. Um, we've had congressman heard on talking about procurement uh, and we've had some other folks on as well uh, it's one that they are aware of it and they're working on the situations But yeah the sooner you guys can make it easier um, folks do want to participate and use your programs do want to provide products out to you uh, but not if it's um, too difficult to, to climb those hills
0: we don't like bureaucracy right so yeah. uh, but with that I got to give a lot of credit to Judge Wolf He's been extraordinarily give, uh, talented, and in, in, in helping us. He picked up our call the first time we reached out. The former mayor of San Antonio, Ivy Taylor, she picked up our call. She showed up to our announcement. Um, so with that, we're very proud of that. In um, Austin, same thing. The mayor has been very supportive. Congressman Will Hurt has met with us. Congressman McCall has met with us, um, and many others. So we we are proud of those discussions that we've had, but we haven't seek partnerships officially. Yeah.
1: So, and then going through uh, here in San Antonio, you came in today uh, for the program uh, wearing a, a the USAA um, Geekdom T-shirt. So, uh, tell me a little bit about um, that, and then how USAA got involved with you here in San Antonio from a corporate partnership perspective.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, going back to 2015, I was finishing a four-year earnout for a company based in Houston. So, I was driving down Interstate I-10 and uh, decided. Who are we gonna partner with? Who could we partner with looking for, for their, uh, their support? I cold called up a, a gentleman here in San Antonio at USAA. And uh, said, we'd like your support. We know you're, you'd be a natural fit for who we support. And uh, he said, hey, we're a really big company and uh, we don't write checks. I said, that's okay, I don't want your money, but what I would like is your time and talent. We'd love for some of your corporate executives, some of those men and women who have served or who are patriots uh, to mentor. And uh, the gentleman said, absolutely, we'll be involved. What do we do? And we said, we don't know. We're trying to build it. We're literally building this ship as we set to sea. Um, So the last two years, they've been extraordinarily uh, giving of their time and talent to mentor companies, to meet with us, to help us. Um, And then from that, uh, last year, they came on as as an official partner for Central Texas to allow us the resources to actually do events, to hold our bunker brews that we do the first Thursday of every month here in, in uh, San Antonio and the last Thursday of the month in Austin.
1: So uh, that's a, a good partnership, and USA's has uh, been very supportive of Geekdom, where uh, we're recording this broadcast from here today. Uh, it's uh, yeah good to see them here con- um, contributing both to the, the tech side of the community um, and the military side, as well as uh, we see with the cybersecurity. Uh, those two are merging into one here in the San Antonio area.
0: Absolutely, and a great resource. If you haven't mentioned it before, though, is here at Geekdom through a partnership with USAA, they are offsetting military men and women, those reserve guard military spouses, um, memberships at Geekdom by 50%, which brings down a, a co-working membership to $25 per month. Yeah, that's an amazing opportunity. That they still have a few opportunity or a few slots available for for those that sign up. I think they have over 150 that have signed up in two months.
1: So. That's it. Yeah. I'm mean, a good one to help address that number one problem you said, which is building the network when you get out. Because uh, as, as you're in, you have a, a network across uh, units, across um, all sorts of maybe even across service branches and everything else that you've built over your time in service. But that network doesn't transition to the private sector.
0: You're exactly right.
1: Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's one where yeah, it's, it's, you've got to go back and start all over again. Uh, and it's hard for folks sometimes to make that trip down to. Um, realize that yeah, it's time to go back and make that first relationship. Um, that first relationship, if it's BunkerLabs.org, uh, can hopefully go quickly to a number of relationships for you.
0: Absolutely, we've recently launched our membership app. We found um, we found looking at Bunker Bunker Labs, and then it'll say empowering veterans. Download the app. We have several hundred people on that. We've just launched it two weeks ago, and so we're happy to try to, to bridge the gap there and connect.
1: Yeah, so this is, if you're not in San Antonio, Austin, or one of the 15 other cities, uh, this is a way to build a, an online virtual community. Is that the goal of the, the membership app?
0: It is, and so no filter on it. Uh, WeWork has built an amazing membership app that has over 100,000 people on it. Um, we've met with them. We've looked at what they've done and then uh, basically tried to pull the best of their app into our own app.
1: Yeah. no, I mean, that's an, that's an interesting one where they made a membership community around uh, commercial real estate. Uh, So if you can build a strong, vibrant membership community around that, uh, you guys have the right uh, foundation there because, uh, I mean, military members are used to building new relationships all the time as you, but as we've mentioned a few times, that doesn't transition to the private sector, but you get deployed to a new base, you get a new mission, you get new people to work with. So military folks are used to building new relationships, uh, so getting them organized into a group uh, sounds like something that could take off very quickly.
0: But it is when I talk to organizations that aren't familiar with the military community, they ask, why is that? Why aren't they connected to the outside? And the, and the rea- reality is most of them just don't yet have those connections in, outside the military uh, with few exceptions. And so we're looking at those resources to gather them in one spot and to help them. And there are many great other organizations, whether it's the Rotary Clubs or others that want to get involved. Um, SCORE is another good organization that provides business mentoring. And so how do we bring them all together? So we think the Bunker Labs is that one-stop shop to help plug in those other resources, show up to um, other programs like Patriot Bootcamp has come to San Antonio, run, run by Techstars. We, we're a big advocate of that. I've traveled to five cities to support them, and uh, we do try to make partners with others.
1: So, uh, as you mentioned, traveling to five cities to support the Techstar program. Uh, So, over the course of just a handful of years, you've rolled out to 13 cities with three more on the way or maybe 15 with one more on the way. Uh, That's a a pretty rapid expansion. How have you guys decided which city to uh, move into next?
0: Well, run back a little bit. When we started this, we didn't have intentions to run a national program, right? Right. But with that, uh, many people were reaching out for the cities, raising their hands, saying, I, I want to help lead this effort. Uh, I wish this existed when I got out. Or for those even saying, I've got out, now what? Kind of help coalesce the community. Um, for us, it was, a, it was a two-way street. So one, it was those leaders that raised their hand, but also it was in partnership where we, we saw the, the uh, available resources where there needed to be kind of the landing pad for that home. Uh, what changed the game for us to make a national expansion was a partnership with JPMorgan Morgan Chase. And so they came in with a $1.2 million partnership a year, a year and a half ago to provide a $50,000 planning grant and a $50,000 matching grant in each of, each of those first 12 cities. And so that we worked alongside them to figure out what made what made a good strategic fit for them and which communities they were already supporting and serving. And then also where we knew that the, the veterans were those in transition going back home too.
1: And, and so each of these cities has their own uh, executive director that's running that location, or how how does that work at the the rollout level there at a city city basis?
0: So we're entrepreneurs, and it was a nonprofit people, and so yeah. so from that it's different in every city. So for example, in D.C. we're actually based in Alexandria, just outside of D.C., uh, inside of a place called Capital Post, and so we have Emily McMahon there. She's running a full incubator before, whereas in Austin we said we were never going to run an incubator inside the official Bunker Labs programming. And so she's full-time. Uh, we have others that are like in, in LA we've recently launched in, in Los Angeles. Um, they're part-time, so we have a few part-time volunteer community leaders that are helping run a Bunker Brews. Um, they for the foreseeable future, not run a CEO circle on one of our you know, last pillars of support. So it's different in each of those communities of where, of where they are.
1: And is each of the leaders a, a veteran themselves, or are there uh, any of the cities where you've got someone who was uh, not enlisted, but that stuck their hand up in the air and said, Hey, I, I want to get involved.
0: Yeah. Great question. So to, to be one of the leaders, you have to be a veteran military spouse or reserve or guard. And so each, each of our leaders are one of those requirements, but the, the great thing about what we're doing is we have many of those in the business community and in the innovation communities that want to help that are not vets. And so, for example, in Central Texas, more than 50% of our partners and mentors are not vets, are not those who, who have served, but are just patriots. And so that, that is a, a defining mark for us in what we're doing and how we're doing it.
1: Yeah. So we're uh, headed into the bottom of the hour break here for news, traffic, and weather. Uh, after the break, uh, Jonathan and I are going to dive into uh, one of the Bunker Labs success stories, uh, one of the companies that have been uh, involved in programs there at Bunker Labs for over a couple of years now. And they've uh, built uh, an amazing business. Uh, A lot of the uh, credit goes to them, but some of the assistance along the way definitely goes to Bunker Labs. So if you have been listening and are thinking, man, maybe I should get involved or I wonder really what's more of a tangible scenario on how this could help, uh, we will cover that after the break. Uh, You've been listening to CyberTalk Radio on 1200 WAI. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year Internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by the Executive Director of Bunker Labs. Welcome back to the program, Jonathan.
0: Yes, thanks again for having us.
1: Yeah. If you missed the first half of the program, uh, we rebroadcast online via iTunes, Podcasts, Pocket Casts, YouTube, uh, or our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. This episode will be available on Tuesday. Um, All of our past programs are available as well. Uh, So if you're a military uh, veteran listening in, uh, you can learn some more about some of the other programs here in San Antonio, including BuildSec Foundry, uh, CodeUp, uh, which you could learn some technology and software is GI Bill eligible. Uh, We've also uh, covered all sorts of uh, different cybersecurity things. Or if uh, you have some friends that are thinking about enlisting or joining, uh, we had on uh, Tech Sergeant Diami Baker, who is the uh, cyber recruiter for the U.S. Air Force. Uh, So all sorts of uh, interesting uh, programs in the past, and those are all available online uh, or on your phone, uh, mobile device to listen to these days. So in uh, this segment of the program, uh, we're going to dive into a couple of uh, real world stories about folks that were successful um, going through uh, and working with uh, Bunker Labs to evolve their business. If you want to learn about the programs uh that bunker labs has or a little bit about how it was founded we covered that before the break um and that'll be available online as we uh, said or i said a minute ago on tuesday so jonathan uh one of these uh, stories is directly um cyber involved uh, we'll save that one for a second uh, the first one i really um, like and as we were talking uh, there during the bottom of the hour break um off air is uh it's a bootstrap sec This story um is uh I kind of joked. everyone that's been in the military has learned uh, how to do things with no budget. Um, so that's a welcome to entrepreneur's life. Uh, but you can build things.
0: Absolutely. Uh, going back to uh, when you get out, you don't have to rely on just the cheapest bidder, right? So in the wrinkle, we used to joke about that. Where there's your where, Wherever your equipment came from, it was likely the lowest bidder, right? So you better have two or three of everything because one is none. But uh, no, Samantha Snabs is a is a reservist or a guard member out of the Mississippi state of Mississippi. And her company is called Re3D. Yeah, so Re3D is a company based based here in Texas. They make affordable washing machine-sized 3D printers. And with that, they're they're based in Houston and also in Austin. Samantha is a reservist. And then she's also helping with DIUX, Defense Innovation Experimental Unit, and uh, the CEO of her company. And so she has built a company with now 20 team members. She has products in 53 countries, and she's raised no outside capital.
1: So how long has she been uh, working with uh, one of the Bunker Labs teams?
0: So she was one of the first companies we started supporting about two years ago.
1: And, well, when she was enlisted, did she have manufacturing and design experience building 3D printers?
0: She had some. She's a rock star. So she was um, working at NASA, and uh, her co-founders and some of her employees were also at NASA, and so that's their, that's where their journey began.
1: Okay, and so they reached, they had this idea of that you could take some of the the things that they were working on in a government side, and uh, there was demand they believed in the private sector for products or derivatives of that, and then they reached out to y'all at Bunker Labs to get going from there.
0: So they were already existing and already going. Um, for us it was a matter of how do we help them get to the next level to the next stage uh, one thing that they've done is uh, they've continued getting a lot of press and, and good traction do, doing pitch competitions all across the world she was helping us last night with our epic cohort and then uh, this morning she flew to Paris for another pitch competition um, which is rather talented and, and good in winning those
1: yeah So, uh, so she's uh, she's getting uh what i would call kind of the uh, venture grant money so it's not uh, where you have to go give up equity in your company but it's a uh, you you go uh, participate in a competition of some sort which uh, those are things in the military you learn to be very good at competition
0: absolutely uh, she uh, she loves competition she likes to win um, so she one of the big the biggest starts that helped them early on was in Chile Um, chile had an amazing grand opportunity for her and her co-founders to actually relocate down there for a few months Um, they probably lived on the beach um, but they worked hard and probably didn't get to spend time at the beach though Um, she's also spent some time out in silicon valley she spent time in uh, in london and many other places winning these competitions
1: yeah and so uh, her company's now up to to twenty folks. Uh, how does she go through and think about hiring uh, from a perspective of private sector, uh, retired military, or uh, or reservists uh, in in her business?
0: So for her, I, I would say it's probably a bit like me. Her livelihood is at stake, and so it's a plus if you're a veteran, but it's not a requirement. And so for me, I get that question asked a lot. Why are vets 30% more likely to hire the vets is what some of the re, um, the research has shown. I think that it's not just because we have an affinity. I, I don't think it's that actually at all when you're a startup CEO. Um, but I think that we, we do understand a little bit of their background and specifically the skills and traits that they have. And sometimes it's the language barrier that we speak from military to civilian. But... Um, When people talk about diversity, I say in the startup world that really doesn't matter. What matters is diversity of thought and most importantly is is life experiences, but also results.
1: Yeah. Uh, and So uh, with her choice to kind of work some of these uh, grant competitions uh, and to to bootstrap the business and not go the kind of traditional um, in the tech world, people call it traditional outside of the tech world, it's absolutely not traditional venture capitals, basically available to tech companies and almost no one else, because they want something that can grow into the next multi-billion dollar business. Uh, And if you're going to build a company, that's even going to get to a hundred million dollars in revenue uh, for a VC, they're going to often consider that a quasi failure. Um, They're going to be a little bit happy about it, but it's not going to make their fund or their portfolio. Uh, So, uh, Bunker Labs, it sounds like you have programs uh, to work with folks that are going to go that bootstrapping and organically grow the business route uh, and it can lead folks to great success uh, there. And so you've done a couple of uh, startups yourself as well before even Bunker Labs here now, which is, uh, I guess, your your third in a way?
0: It is, yes.
1: So uh, with, with those uh, businesses, um, how did you go through thinking about some of the, the funding uh, choices there and uh, how does that experience help you advise and, and coach folks in the, as they come to Bunker Labs these days?
0: Yeah, for us, we didn't raise outside money. Um, the first, the first company that my business partner and I started was um, was bootstrapped by by him. So I came out of the military with absolutely very little money, um, and then from there, uh, we, we got acquired within twelve months. And so I went to the company, transitioned a product for 90 days, ended up staying on to build a, build a program to bring vets out of the military and inside corporate America. Um, ended up going through the program myself and then left there about a year and a half later. And so with the, the second company, um, same thing, bootstrapped. And little did we know in 2008, the market would crash and our, our industry would crash but we kept growing month over month we did look at taking outside capital so what we designed we did was we designed developed manufactured and then we leased equipment to the oil and gas market um, being that we leased it and didn't sell it, it was very very capital intensive and so we knew that at some point our growth would be limited by our ability to either fundraise or to uh to expand yeah In 2008 that.
1: 2009 was not an ideal time to try to go to a bank and get a loan either
0: it wasn't, even even with a prior exit. It yeah. was the wrong time.
1: Yeah, or even if you had equipment and an asset-backed loan, uh, Yeah, banks were uh, going through a very uh, a tough time with their balance sheets at the, at, during that period.
0: Yes, and the terms were very unfavorable. And so we're very fortunate that we did have some options, but it was very unfavorable, so we didn't take them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so and this is, is one, um, and you're an example of, one of the mentors, but there's folks all across Bunker Labs uh, in this Texas area, but nationwide that have that experience of getting out, going through, doing these um, real world, starting a business in the private sector and trying to make some of those trade-offs and decisions. Uh, so mentors that can talk to people from real experience and not just theoretical study.
0: You're exactly right. And that's what I say when I, when I meet and when I mentor, I talk about, what I, what I do may have worked for me in, in my past experiences, but it may not work for you in your industries. But I try not to relate stuff that I read in a book or just heard online. Yeah. Or through um, through that way. And so bringing in, bringing in people like Samantha, we had her in this week, in, in our week five of the Epic cohort that we're running in Central Taxes, and she was talking about bootstrapping. We had another entrepreneur that has raised $2.4 million and talking about his experience and what's worked and what hasn't worked for him. We think that those direct connections make all the difference.
1: Yeah, and so that, that entrepreneur that's raised some money is in the cyberspace, correct? He is. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, talk a, a little bit about now uh, his business and uh, how that's evolved over the years through the the interactions with uh, Bunker Labs as well.
0: Yeah. So Marcus Carey uh, started a company many years ago called called V Threat. Um, He's recently pivoted and changed his name to ThreatCare. You can find his company at ThreatCare.com, and that was through the evolution of going through Techstars. And so we've been working with him and, and his team for about two years, helping them grow and scale and learn um, and, and build his product, refine his product. But uh, I would say the biggest thing for him is it's connecting to mentors and resources. He was a rock star on his own behalf. Um, Sabrina and I, and my wife, we, we joke about he's our neighborhood-friendly hacker. Yeah. Um, and we want to stay on his good side.
1: Yeah. So uh, so he was uh, doing cyber while enlisted. He was. And then uh, is he still in reserves now? Do you know? or is He's he, not. He's, he's been
0: not. out for 15 plus years. Okay.
1: And so he's, he's kept involved in the, the cyberspace uh, through that whole time and then decided to start a, a business of his own now here recently?
0: Several years ago, yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, and with... The, the growth and evolution, so you said he was V-threat, uh, was involved
0: with Bunker Labs uh,
1: before he went into Techstars?
0: He was, yes. So he recently graduated, the most recent cohort. Um, but we've been working with him for about two years.
1: So as uh, walk through that journey. So Marcus comes in to, to talk to you guys uh, and says, hey, I'm a veteran that uh, I've been running a company for a number of years. I need some help figuring out where do I go next and how do I uh, evolve this? How does that conversation go for somebody else that's uh, thinking about picking up the phone to reach out to you?
0: Yeah, for us, it was a journey of trying to find out. We asked them to prioritize what they need, whether it's community connections, whether it's more customers or their first customer, the curriculum or the coaching, um, or lastly, the capital. So my advice on that capital, though, is if you don't need it, don't take it, right? But for that prioritizing, that gives us our forward plan of what to do. For Marcus, what he needed was coaching, and specifically coaching on on leadership of his of his team and his company his investors wanted him to bring in an outside ceo he's tried that twice um and he's failed forward with that neither one of those ceos worked out and so now he's ceo of his own company
1: so uh through the the coaching program so uh like as I'm, I'm listening to this, and you talk about it. It sounds like a mission planning almost. Is you're you're going in, you're analyzing the situation, you're coming out with what is our our plan to go for the next some time period, and then you would come back and assess after you uh, kind of get through that.
0: No, so it is that, and then also looking at the other resources that are available. So for him, when he looked at it six months ago, was applying to TechStars. He already had revenue. He'd already raised money. Um, he had great coaches. Or mentors, better known as, and um, really the value was, or really the question was, was there was there value in him attending Techstars? It's an amazing program um, that's nationally connected as well, and the decision that he came to was yes, it would it would help him, and it absolutely has helped him.
1: Yeah. And so, is uh, did you guys help him with the the application there or introductions to the TechStars team? How does that the Bunker Labs and TechStars relationship work, or in this scenario?
0: Yeah, so all credit to Marcus. Um, but with that, we did write letters of recommendation. We do have connections and relationships with the most of the uh, managing directors of, at TechStars.
1: And did he attend the TechStars in Austin? He did. He did. So got to stay local even.
0: He did, yes. Yeah. He's, he's got five kids, so that, that was important.
1: Oh, yeah. that's uh, Yeah, that's one, one reason why, yeah, pack up and deployment uh, that we see some folks that are super talented that uh, that choose to uh, move on from enlisted life because packing up and moving five kids can get complicated, <laughs> especially there. Like the tech stars would be uh, six months, and then you'd have to pack up and move back again. So that's, uh, yeah, certainly not an easy one. Even a two-year deployment is uh, not long enough for five kids to pack and unpack.
0: He had to keep the wife happy, yes.
1: Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about his business. So you said that he's kind of gone now, um, evolved. They've raised some capital. Uh, is How does he continue to interact with uh, you and the other folks in the program at, at Bunker Labs?
0: Yes, our relationship with, with Marcus is actually turned to where he's more mentoring now. Some of our companies going through and coming, coming into Bunker. Um, so he also... Was one of those that was that was helping in the past week, um, but we still try to help plug him in. So he's part of our CEO Circle program that we launched, and you know, working with um, Dell has recently come on as a partner to help us with our next three CEO circles. And so specifically, it's it's for us still every day Bunker Labs product market fit. And so it's talking to people like Marcus and like Samantha, and those other CEOs of companies that we're working with uh, that are vets and military spouses, Reserve and Guard, about what do they need. And so part of that with the partnership with Dell, going back to CEO Circle, is, is like who at Dell would he like to have a conversation with um, that is a subject matter expert in cyber? And so our next plan is, now that we have this partnership with him, is asking Dell, are there options for people that like Marcus that would he would want to speak to and bring in? And so we're still trying to help procure him, his next customer, trying to help procure him the right coaches. Uh, but the reality is it's definitely turned more where he's giving back.
1: Yeah, no, and that's, uh, I think, one of the wonderful things about programs like Bunker Labs is that time goes on, uh, you will build that uh, alumni network, and uh, the number one problem you're trying to address, which is the private sector network for folks when they get out, uh, your Bunker Labs network is going to grow in strength and number and depth and breadth, uh, so that you'll have the ability through uh, the mobile app and online community even to match folks up to uh, somebody who can have that direct experience um, and scenario to walk them through what they did uh, why it what the outcome was for them and uh, help folks guide their business and make the right decisions
0: no it is and one of the big things that we're very intentional about is we believe people will be what they can see and so it's, it's telling their story uh, definitely one of the things that that my business partner and I got wrong and didn't listen to my wife about was branding and marketing. Right, um, we never seeked an article in the business journal. We never uh, wrote a blog post. We we just were too busy. Uh, not we focused on our customers, and we, while we did well, we could have done much better. I think if we would have looked at the the holistic picture of of the branding and marketing side of things, and so for that, um, we try to help steer them in the right direction.
1: Yeah. So uh, going through with uh, Bunker Labs now, uh, you've stumbled your way. As you said, you weren't really trying to become a, a national program, but all of a sudden the phone started ringing. You're a national program. Uh, what does the, the next uh, 12 to 24 months look like for Bunker Labs?
0: Yeah, so we're trying to go deeper in the cities we're in, right? So we made an announcement to launch here in San Antonio in 2017. Um, specifically locally first, we want to hold a roundtable in the next three months with um, potential partners, also key stakeholders, those that want to help lead in the way of what we're doing locally. Um, on the other cities, what we want to do is we want to program, build out a programmatic side of what we're doing and then broaden the network for that. Um, so our answer is no, we're not expanding, but there are a few exceptions. Where Houston, two weeks ago, we had a roundtable in Houston. Um, we anticipate launching there this year as well. And um, that's, yeah, what it looks like.
1: It's one of those where you, you you try to say no and you keep trying to say no and then it, it ends up turning into a yes because somebody just keeps emailing you, keeps calling on the phone, keeps following up. Uh, this is a uh, I think uh, one that uh, anecdote I like to share is that uh, for most uh, folks uh, it takes uh, you make the sale after your eighth interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you get that first no, you get the second no, you get the third no. Most people give up. Uh, this is uh, one I think as well in the military side uh, of things and that military background experience, you know, you, like there is no giving up. You have to keep going. So uh, sounds like you're going to try to stay at 15 or 16 cities, but you're probably going to end up in 20 over the course of the next two years.
0: Yeah. That's what you mentioned that, that. That is what we think our upper bound is. Uh, one of the things that we're really excited though, of what's next is building out also a remote court. So we, we mentioned that we do have bunkerinabox.org, but how do we, how do we take that experience to the next level? And so what we'll be launching in the next six months is a virtual cohort for Epic. Uh, We realize nothing replaces human interaction and human connection. Uh, But with that, we have a lot of men and women that are in cities that are not in a great community, vibrant like San Antonio. And so what do we do with someone down that's in Corpus Christi uh, that's much smaller? What do we do with someone that's in Catula, Texas that wants to do something different and build a business that's for them and their family. So how do we help? So we'll be launching a virtual cohort in the next six months.
1: Yeah, my, my dad spent some time at Fort Polk and uh, not a vibrant community uh, outside the base there. Uh, so
0: when you look at like Fort Bliss, right? An amazing, an amazing community. But the reality is, is that um, for the foreseeable year, we won't be there. Yeah. So how do we help support them? How do we grow? Um, so it's meeting people like Congressman Beto or Work um, who, who wanted to help us and has made great connections locally and it's a city that I can't drive to and quite frankly it's uh, also not even cheap to fly to El Paso Texas right so so what do we do there so more than bunker in a box watching the remote cohort
1: if I was a uh, private foundation and I wanted to uh, get in involved uh, to help fund some of these programs uh, and help you go deeper in some of the communities, how do I reach out and get in contact with, with you or some of the other folks uh, that they should contact?
0: Definitely, I would say that I always joke I'm, a, I'm an in-person and phone call kind of guy in an email, LinkedIn kind of world. But uh, but no, with that, the easiest way is through our website, so bunkerlabs.org. Um Specifically, my email is uh, Jonathan at Bunker Labs. That's J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. And then uh, Sabrina at BunkerLabs.org. Um, she's much more responsive to email than I am. She'll get back to you immediately, whereas sometimes it takes me 24 to 48 hours to to read and and, uh, and see it and respond.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so from a, a corporate uh, partnership perspective, you'd mentioned J.P. Morgan. I want to give them a kudos and thank you for that. Uh, you'd mentioned USAA here uh, and Dell. Uh, is there anyone else that uh, has uh, contributed to um, – Bunker Labs in some of the, the cities that we should uh, say thank you to?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Comcast has been another big supporter in Seattle and in Chicago and in Asheville um, hoping to grow that partnership in other cities where, where it makes sense. Another one that that uh, helped us build Bunker in a Box of War, they took a big risk with us a year ago, year and a half ago is, is the Bob Woodrow Foundation and so they came in, in a big way to, to put the, the grant up for us to do the technical feasibility and to, to make that happen.
1: So as we uh, are broadcasting here from San Antonio, Texas, you may be listening to us uh, all over the uh, s- central U.S. Uh, as we air at 11 p.m. Uh, and A.m. Signals go far. But uh, just specifically here in San Antonio, we were uh, talking during one of the breaks uh, about 400 folks each month transitioning.
0: Yeah, to San Antonio alone, right? Yeah. And, and so uh, one of our big objectives is, is to reach that, reach that important population and find out what they need in, in those, uh, if the stats are right, out of uh, IVMF, 25% of them want to start a company.
1: Yeah. So that should be a hundred new businesses founded here in San Antonio every month.
0: Every month. Well, it, and on top of that, they say about 54% of vets in transition last year uh, went back to where home is, right? And so not all of those that are getting out will stay in San Antonio. Um, so that's, that's not a win, but the win is, is we have a lot of vets that are getting in the military in San Antonio. So what do we do for those that are getting out that aren't here, getting out here? Um, and we need to make sure that we have that vibrant community that welcomes them like what Geekdom is doing and like what other organizations in other cities are doing, whether it's the Entrepreneur Center in Nashville or whether it's 1871 in Chicago or the Capitol Factory in Austin. How do we welcome these men and women who are not looking for just a JLV but looking to do something different? Yeah.
1: And and even if you've got the 400 transitioning out here and half of them are going to fly home, that's still 50 businesses in San Antonio. But you also probably if you've got that, there's got to be more than 400 people a month in San Antonio that enlist in the military. So if I I run my my numbers there over time, when they get out, if half of them are going to come back home, we've got to have a lot of folks that uh, were born and raised in San Antonio that are now retiring and returning back to San Antonio from uh, being stationed elsewhere.
0: Exactly the case, and you look up just two hours northwest of here, in Fort Hood, they have nine hundred men and women a month getting off active duty. A lot of those likely came from San Antonio, came from came from Texas.
1: Yeah. So uh, if, if you're one of those folks in that transition, you've got an idea about starting a business. Uh, let's create a hundred new entrepreneurs here and uh, start a hundred new companies in San Antonio uh, each and every month. Uh, that's a a great goal and number to try to grow to uh, to enable that 4% uh, that we talked about early on in the program that actually are starting businesses now to get it up to to 25% where folks want to be.
0: Absolutely. We look forward to being part of that solution.
1: Yeah. Thank you for uh, joining us this week. Uh, You've been listening to CyberTalk Radio on 1200 WAI.